Well, uh, this week, mm-hmm. education dies. Yep. Dead. Gone. Rip. Higher ed. No more Madai. Yep. It, uh, <clears throat> Madai'd. It Madai'd. Yeah. It Madai'd. It Madai'd. Wow. <laughs> Did you just come up with that? It's all me, baby. This is a uh. re-original, <laughs> re-original joke, uh, patent pending. So, my question is, you both went to Catholic universities, and re, I, I think you went to the best Catholic university in the world. Oh. And, and clearly, amongst Catholic university goers, there's a ranking of, of these universities or colleges whatever i'm saying universities they're actually colleges i don't know whatever Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. either or yeah institutions of higher education where does madai rank oh or where did it yeah not nowhere anymore (laughs) yeah it is it's certainly certainly at the bottom where did it like when you when you gather uh with all your uh, fellow alum right what what do you say about madai it's 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 roughly the same as like boston college Okay. Right on par. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what I would say. And the, that's and, fair. And uh, the College of St. Rose in Albany. <laughs> right. And and me, I would say it's just a little below uh, St. Bonaventure. I, just... <laughs> I see. It's a little bit ahead. It's actually. <laughs> having been at one of them. Now, interesting fact you brought up about St. Bonaventure is there were a bunch of Franciscan colleges, and they all decided to close to save Bona. Well. It's... Is that what she said? They were they're they're all going to close regardless, basic essentially. Yeah. And the Franciscans were like, "Well, we don't want to like lose all of the colleges in North, in North America." And they're it was like, "If we try to save all of them, they're all going to close." Yeah. So basically, they're like, they chose Bonaventure uh, to save and close like a dozen other schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, and one, one reason why Bonaventure has like a such a large uh, collection of like like ninth, tenth, eleventh century. Uh, religious texts that they do is because all these Franciscan universities across North America, like all their stuff went to Bonaventure. Wow. Do you think Madai has any secret trinkets like that? Uh, I, yeah. Uh, we'll have to ask Dan Brown. <laughs> they could have like a secret porn stash. Like Vatican. Is that right? uh, the Madai code. The Madai code. <laughs> Crap. The Madai code. <laughs> you put, you put the wood, the wood triangle in the block. <laughs> You cracked it. <laughs> oh, no. You, you put the chicken wing in the blue cheese. You, and then, yeah. Oh, uh-huh. no. I, sincerely, I feel bad for, you know, I actually know somebody, a couple people yeah. are going to die. You know, they're all bummed out about it. So well, all, all jokes aside. This is the beginning of a, of a trend because there are fewer kids going to school. That's right. Well, that, that's because. Just generationally, there are fewer of them. Well, that's because Jim has uh, got them all working now selling cigarettes. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. True. Right. The, the, that's per, right. The performance cigarettes. Right. Right. Like why, you know, why, why, why go to school now if you can get a good paying job? Right. Yeah. We're, uh, of course. Right. Yeah. We're, we're, we're paying like upwards of like $17, $18 an hour. That's pretty good. Full benefits. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how we're pulling that up. People must want those performance cigarettes. Oh, they, they love them. They can't get enough. That's, now that we've got an empty college right. or are going to at the end of August, guys, what should we do with Madai? What should we do with the campus? I mean, Any ideas? We should do what we do with everything. Ask Doug Jamal how much he wants to pay for it. Okay. Then what would Doug Jamal do with the campus? Uh, Mixed uh, use? Real uh, estate? No, no. Uh, oh. Dougville Park across from Delaware Park. Dougaware Park. 
paintball wars, right? <laughs> just like community, right? Like you just you just have a big campus, a college campus. Now you could have whole just full sale paintball wars on the campus, like like Goldeneye, except yes, that's what I'm talking about. Well, college the, the, kids would rather do that anyway. I think the new thing's airsoft, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. That's that's what the kids are doing. No, I, I mean it's a pretty good location. I would say, you know, maybe extend the park. I don't know, right? Public use of some sort. Sure. Do you think it's possible? I'm, I'm sure we could use the space. I mean, I don't know. It's like, it sounds like Madai is pretty in debt. They may have to give away those the I property see. and building to the creditors. I see. So sell it for scrap. Yeah, it's it's, 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 it's some uh, collection agency is going to own it pretty soon from like Delavan, New York. It sounds like a bunch of critters are just going to live there. That's going to be the uh, the location of, of various ghost stories. Yeah. Rip Madai, but we're still thriving, baby. Let's go. Welcome. Back to the square. Yes, we took a week off. Uh, I don't know. I, I, was, I was too busy playing Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Well, that's right, Zelda. Came out. I've been playing a lot of Zelda, so I, I just didn't have time for the news. I got, I had to, I, I did, I, so I am, I don't have a fucking degree in engineering. I don't know how these people are like building fucking like drones in the sky and just wiping out whole villages of moblins or whatever, but um, I just like to play with the little swords and go in <laughs> yeah, and we fight got, the bad guy. Go we to got the, another review because that's a huge release. Everyone's been waiting for it. Yeah. Oh, game's sick. That yeah. game's sick. I yeah. love it. I saw uh, some of the pictures of it. Looks good. I don't game, but mm-hmm. it looked cool. No, it's it's fucking tight as hell. I love it. But I'm a big Zelda. I've always been a big Zelda right. guy. Um, so you know, we we didn't release because I or we didn't put out an episode because I was too busy gaming. But we're back. I, I've 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 hit the pause button on my Nintendo Switch, and uh, yeah, we got some news. We got some. Yeah, I think stuff. so. We got some real stuff. Yeah, going. we got real shit going on. Yeah. All right. First off. We're going to talk about the trees, okay? Now, you might be thinking, how are the trees hard-hitting? They haven't even opened any dispensaries. How can we talk about trees? How are we talking about trees? What are we talking about? Well, it turns out, Jim, Mayor Byron Brown uh, sucks. (laughs) Uh, Is bad. He's bad. He sucks. He's awful. But one of the ways, you might think, okay, general corruption, you know, piece of shit. Mm -hmm. Overall, just terrible administration in the city, which includes, yes, you guessed it, trees. Because the city of Buffalo, thanks to our friends at the Investigative Post for looking into this, but the city of Buffalo, drastically, the number of trees that the city cuts down, it's like something like, I don't know, like three to one almost, the, relative to the number of trees yeah, well, that they plant. Uh, for, for next year's budget. For next year's budget. So like... Um, they're cutting the number of trees they're going to plant from 500 to 300 and the number of trees they're planning on cutting down to up to about a thousand. So yeah, it's a little over three to one cut down to, to plant. So what are some of the real world ramifications of this? Um, it aids global warming. Mm-hmm. If we, if we reduce the number of trees, um, trees help with pollution. They take that carbon out of the air and, and it's just a boon to have them on your street. It looks beautiful, mm-hmm. especially in the fall. People should have trees in their neighborhood. They they absorb a lot of water in right. to prevent like flooding issues and yes. erosion. You know, in case you were say an area where like you had large amounts of snowfall that maybe melted quickly at a certain time of year. <laughs> and evidently, the, the mayor just sees trees as a burden. 
I don't know if it's because you, you got to pick up after them if they fall or they just leave stuff all over. He'd rather have, I think, plastic everything, uh, it seems like, and well, that's kind of gross. I do want to bring up, coincidentally, and I'm sure this is, like, totally unrelated, um, but, you know, several months ago, I, I mentioned to you guys that I was at a presentation that ShotSpotter did right. for the community. And one of the things that they mentioned several times is that trees, tree growth, really hampers their ability to, to use their programming. I'm sure it's totally unrelated to, you know, like, you know, to wanting to get ShotSpotter in here to put a bunch of people in jail. Yeah. Uh, but it just so happens that, this, this, that, that the same year that you know, the mayor's still trying to get ShotSpotter somewhere into the city and get their foot in the door. It, it probably is it's that crime punishment versus prevention mentality, right? Mm-hmm. If you have a, a healthy, beautiful community, that helps aids in preventing crime. Right. Um, no, we're just going to knock them all down so we can punish people more. Yeah. I mean, right. even if you're not so, you know, and, and that might be legitimate, but even if you're not so conspiratorially minded, um, just pulling this from Garrett Looker's article in the investigative post, mayor's budget is step backward on tree planting. Uh, so I post, you know, report last year, uh, same thing. The, again, the city continued to cut down trees at a much higher rate than they were planting it. Um, so same thing this year. Um, from this article here, uh, the mayor's proposed budget calls for the removal of a thousand trees, as you said, Jim, in the coming fiscal year and the planting of 300 proposed spending for the forestry department is $896,000, sorry, $896,601. So just a shade under 900,000 in line with previous budgets. Why no increase? They asked, uh, Andy Rabb city's deputy commissioner for parks and rec. Um, he didn't respond to any inquiries, but, um, Nichnokowski questioned him during a budget workshop. Uh, so again, pulling from the article here, but do we have a larger city view of buying and planting more trees just as a general rule of thumb, since there's so many benefits to them? Nowakowski asked. Rab said the city plans to apply for federal money up to $50 million to bolster tree planting efforts. Rab said the application is due June 1st. Uh, okay, that seems like it's coming up pretty soon, guys. I don't know. Um, the grant is competitive, and there are no assurances the city will receive funding available under the Inflation Reduction Act. Um, Rab goes on to say, we're aggressively going after the federal grant to speed up and increase our tree planting efforts citywide with a focus on economic justice areas. Um, so, I mean, it sounds like they're kind of talking the talk and hoping to get some of that federal money. But June first is right around the corner. Well, it also like you know, this past week was also the like uh, first public hearing on the the budget with you know, a comment period, and it, the the city had uh, an online which Harper and Layton talked about with us a couple weeks ago that their their survey of like you know do you want your streets plowed or your sidewalks plowed, you know like no in between no no both. Uh, that's, and, uh, and this is just another like in, like the, the the city clearly the budget is a mess and they're like we can afford to cut trees because we already own the chainsaws but we we can't afford to buy any more trees. Oh, couldn't do that. Right. Yeah, and again, one more time from the article, uh, Garrett Looker's uh, piece in the Investigative Post. Um, basically, in the, the the pace of tree planting has slowed in recent years. So, um, the city basically has planted. They've uh, in the past five years, the the city planted 
almost 14, a little over 1,400 trees during the 2015-2016 fiscal year, uh, 1,063 the following year. Since then, the plantings have ranged from 479 to 239 annually. So really like, you know, five, six years ago, you saw like the city was basically planting as many trees as it was cutting down. Now it's almost a third of the number of trees. So um, the past five years, the city's cut down, you know, 4,600 trees and planted about 1,700. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and I, I will probably, I will give the city the benefit of the doubt that the trees are cutting down probably need to be cut down. They're probably dead. They're probably sure. hazards. They're probably like, there's probably issues with them, but plant trees, replace, replace them. Yes. You know, um, it's, it's one of the things that makes a community like livable and enjoyable. And people, you know, when, when the October storm happened, what was it in 2006 or whatever, and all those trees died, you know, people, you know, were very upset and sad that they, they lost all this tree growth in the city of Buffalo. Um, and, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, it, there's, there's all, as Councilman Nokowski said, there's all these benefits to trees and they're really a pretty inexpensive thing. Like all things told, I mean, again, this is a city that can't afford fire trucks. So I don't know, yeah. you know, like, you know, exactly what they can afford uh, besides raises for elected officials. Yeah. So, and again, I think it more, this is less um, malice and more incompetence to me in the city level, but it is strange that they have identified like the forestry department is like the one to kind of pick away at over time um, with their budgets. Um, okay. Bad politicians, Jim. How about the rare good politician moment? Well, so like, I'll give some context to this, right? Is that no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and none. Um, you know, bad politician uh, Kathy Hochul uh, said that like there's a, a state of emergency in New York State uh, because of the increased migrants since the end of the H two. Right? Counties across New York, including all the counties in West New York except for one, have declared their own states of emergencies because of migrants. But like. They're totally like they're incredibly disingenuous. These because if you, there was an article with the Chautauqua County executive and some quotes from him talking about like, well, we're going to declare a state of emergency because like you know, the migrant crisis and and President Biden and Governor Hochul they need to fix this because this is a, this is a crisis. But he also said that it's not an issue in Chautauqua County that they have some migrants there. They're hardworking. They contribute to society. They're not a burden on the tax base. But still, you know, you know, Brandon, go do something about the migrants. Yeah. Like, so it's, I mean, it's it's one hundred percent disingenuous. Um, however, Chairman Mark mm-hmm. stands up for the, the the people this time, and it's like, you know, look, you know, where there is no crisis, that you know, are there are are there increased migrants coming across the border? Yes, they're legal asylum seekers. That is not a crisis. Um. You know, we we can absorb them. We can we can work with them and and be good neighbors, and that's who what we're gonna do. And I mean, pretty pretty good. I mean, like I, it's pretty good on polling cars because this is an election year for him, and it'd be very easy for him to take a more centrist or right wing position in an election year. Um, so I mean, this wasn't an official like campaign announcement that he did this. This was on his social media, but it would have been. It would be very easy for him to take a different stance or to just ignore it in an election year. Well, good on him. So, 
Yeah. Uh, good on him. Uh, boo to everybody else. Boo. I mean, not and, and for for sure. I mean, we'll, we'll you know give uh, uh, Mark Marky Mark here his his plaudits or flowers or whatever you want to say. Um, again, even if you're being cynical and you're like, well, you know, there is a significant migrant population here in Erie County, and it's probably best for him not to piss that constituency off they can't vote the election they're, they're migrants they're, no no, they don't, no they can't vote no 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 i understand the migrants themselves can't vote but obviously there's family and friends and immigrant communities in general may feel threatened and may say mark polling cars is not a friend to the immigrant communities so you know whatever you don't want to poke the you know the hornet's nest on that in some way but even still like even if it's just like good smart awareness of the political battlefield good i i I would i would argue that in a county like erie county which is still like even while the city is diverse still predominantly white and conservative that like he could go out there every single day and shit on migrants and it would probably be better for his electoral chances over and over again i mean it's worked for carl paladino and mickey kearns true true although i mean because like yeah you're right like you might alienate some people but there's a lot more racists in lancaster and marilla than there are migrants in this in Erie County. Right. I, again, all I'm saying is that even if you're just coming at it a cold, cynical, calculating view or whatever, it's still still good. So good on you, Mark. But bad. bad. I, I, we found an unlucky four leaf clover. Bad. <laughs> oh no. Bad. Not not political moment. Not political moment. Just just bad moment. Um, the fine. Or not so fine, how you look at it. And, and we look at it um, as not so fine. Folks, a clover development. Mm-hmm. Clover development. Oh, what the fuck is wrong with me? I, I have Trump brain. I have terminal Trump brain. He, he says things so fun. Um, it's just so language. Yeah. Anyway. It's, it might be the one good thing he's brought to this world. I, I, it's permanent. Yeah. Not, not Tiffany? Oh, well, <laughs> we'll add Tiffany in there. All right. So She hasn't done me wrong. <laughs> clover Group, one of the region's uh, big real estate firms here, right? Um, you obviously have heard about, you know, Sinatra, Sinelli's, yada, yada. But the Clover Group is out there, too. Yeah, and they're a lot, and Clover's a big deal. They're a big deal. No, no. They do a lot of the uh, the senior apartments, right, um, in the area. And, you know, again, there's a lot of them. Um, they were caught on a, was it a hot mic? Like a secret recording? Well, that, Some of their executives were yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, no, so they they were actually the, so they started using code words because they were afraid they were going to be recorded. Smart because they were being recorded, but bad because it was a pretty easy code to like. They, it's not like they like got the Navajos like World War Two like the American yeah. Army did and like well, well we'll have the wind talkers <laughs> take care of this for us. So they were using the term Canadians to describe African Americans. Yeah. So they were trying to avoid. Uh, building in you know primarily black communities and so even on the recording i think they said black so like they said that that the funniest part about this whole story was that like they said uh we don't want to build where canadians live and i think somebody on there was like what you know like black people (laughs) immediately gave up up the game it was so awesome like yeah um so obviously there are lawsuits coming in hot and heavy mm-hmm. um we probably won't actually see the result of those for quite some time but it's just amazing um i don't know the internal dynamics of clover uh, i i will say quite fascinating that they were so worried about somebody recording them secretly that they tried to come up with uh 
you know, euphemisms or whatever. All right, safe words. Safe words. Sea cucumber. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, yeah, I mean, again. Um, so who's, who's this guy at the top here? Michael Joseph? Is that his name? Is that his name? You can't trust know. a man with two first names. Yeah, it's two first names. Right. It's a two first name situation. You're really. But yeah, yeah, he's 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 on the board of several organizations. Or. Formerly on the board of, including like Roswell Park, where he was he was not so uh, politely asked to no longer be on the board there. Yeah, and not not to you know tar the fine folks of the Buffalo developer community, developer community with a with a broad brush. But um, any you guys surprised? No, this kind of attitude. This uh, no, not at no. all. Nope. Okay, they're weird. They they live in a different world than we do. Yeah. They they live in a different world than they're, we do. They're all fucking weirdos. They live yeah. in a different world than we do where you yeah. can... I mean, even the fact... What I, I'm actually surprised about is even they thought they were going to be recorded, that they still like thought they had to have any kind of discretion. Because normally, they don't... In fact, I'm surprised you didn't hear a slur, to be quite honest. Right. I mean, I mean they, they learned, I guess, a little bit from Nixon, but not too much. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right, I like. I would have really would not have been shocked if, I, like, I that story came out that they record and they were saying like slurs. Well, yeah, what, or like maybe like I could see like they knew enough like they shouldn't say slurs about black people because like there's but like but like they still use slurs about like some other group. <laughs> right, right. So who knows where this one's gonna go? I, I'm assuming, like I said, um, if you are, I, I what's funny is they're gonna change the name of the the management company to something else to yep. just get rid of this. Right, all right. They're gonna probably pay out a lot of money. They're probably gonna get sued because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm sure that's in violation of some um, state and federal laws, like knowingly not building in black communities. Mm-hmm. Um, that New York State does not look kindly on that sort of thing, especially being caught on right on a hot mic yeah. saying as such. Um, okay, we uh, we we talked we talked a bit about. Um, the school board. We. I don't think we've talked enough about the school board elections, yeah. though, Jim. We talked a bit beforehand. We specifically brought up Lancaster um, with the Moms for Liberty and West New York Students First, um, and there was the, Lancaster was not the only suburban district where they were running candidates. Um, the school board elections were held last week. Uh, Moms for Liberty went over. Uh, they yeah. They they got whipped everywhere, um, but they're not going to give up. Like this, I mean, they pumped a lot of money into these campaigns. Now, you know, because this is something I did mention is that you're like, uh, traditionally school board campaigns, it's, they're nonpartisan. You don't run on a party line. And you usually, they're self-funded. You don't have like fundraisers and raise a bunch of money for them. Uh, But these Moms for Liberty, like, you know, there was one candidate in uh, one of the suburban towns that I think got like a, got a, a $2,500 donation, just just one donation of $2,500 for a school board. It's crazy. That's, that's more than you can give a common council candidate in the city of Buffalo. It's wild. Um, but because they're nonpartisan, like they're, they're not governed by the same campaign finance stuff. Um, they're not going to stop. They're going to they're gonna keep going. Partly because, like we talk about, like the far right, they are convinced that they that everybody supports them. It's it's like the opposite of like what happens it's with... wild delusion. With, with like... like Chuck Schumer and like centrist Democrats who are like every single stat you can point to is like, Oh, every survey we have says people support leftist viewpoints in this country. And I'm like, yeah, but do they really? And meanwhile, every single survey comes back to like far right and be like, Hey, you guys are in the super minority here. Like, no, no, everybody thinks like we do. Everybody thinks like we do. Oh yeah. 
to the point where, you know, like I know in Lancaster in particular, after they lost, there was some people posting uh, in social media that they think that the election must have been fixed because there's no way they would have lost. <laughs> that All the fixing that goes on the Lancaster school board elections. Um, I mean, a lot no, riding on it. A, a lot. I mean, there is a lot riding on it, but you're right, Jim. Like this is the battleground, especially in a state like New York, right? Like you're not going to make much headway, really. They're certainly going to try, but the state level, you know, like the the legislature is the assembly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you primarily know what you're going to get, but this is like seeds for the future. This is where. I mean, one, you know, you could have political figures that start at school board level that, you know, you give them enough, enough oxygen and then they become larger figures. We, we, this is a theme that we've talked about on the show quite a bit is you never know who is going to kind of emerge from the clay and become like a major political figure in Western New York, um, New York in general and nationally that people come from somewhere, mm-hmm. um, and so combating those backwards, fucking awful, shitty people now is of the essence because you don't know what they could mm-hmm. and possibly will become. Um, and also, too, I think there's an element of, look, you have um, just absolute shitheads, you know, terribly hateful individuals here. I think if you let that go unchecked, it normalizes it. Mm-hmm. You know, it really does. Like at the school board level, it's like, okay, I know most people don't, most normal people, God love them, don't give a shit about politics. And I, I wish I could be one of them some days. But I do think that they understand on an implicit level, like, okay, if you have a real hate monger at the school board, that impacts their kids, mm-hmm. you know, or, or their grandkids or their nieces and nephews. And so I think that um, credit to the folks in Lancaster, credit to, you know, everywhere else where we've had school board elections where they're like, no, you know, maybe we don't give a shit about politics, but these people are bringing a hateful agenda directly to our schools. Yeah. I mean, I I think, I think that's, you know, well put. Like I, yeah, I think that was where like, even like these towns that traditionally vote conservative vote Republican, um, you know, maybe it may not have been able to defeat them in Lancaster. If it was partisan, if it was R versus D, if it was straight up on those lines, because that town has turned so heavily Republican recently, um, and so you know, I th- I think that like it's that the nonpartisan may have helped there, um, but yeah, you're right. Like we don't know where people are going to come. From, like who's going to be the next, like you know, Kathy Hochul or Tom Reynolds or Nick Langworthy or whatever coming out of nowhere. Uh, Brian Higgins, I suppose, if you want to consider him a congressman, um, and then, uh, but then like you know. They're also like it's an opportunity, like you know, and we'll you get to the interview with uh, Jack Cavanaugh this week, um, where we talk about like even though like the state has you know laws and regulations and legislation in place to prevent them from doing something, that they have to do it first, and then then you can sue them to, to get them back, right? Uh, and and in that interim between like after they do something, and the state says no, you can't do that, and comes in and, and changes it. They've done irreparable harm to the youth in that community in that in that time, um, and you know they have an opportunity, and then they, and they also might get some public opinion on their side, like oh well you know well, we did this we should be allowed to do this because it's our school, right? And the 
big bad states coming in and you know and, and, and there is is everybody around here knows a large prevalence of people who think that like that all of new york state is actually just new york city coming in and telling them what to do and why should they tell us what we should do in our schools in buffalo uh, probably because they're paying for them but i mean sure um we don't have it on our big board here guys but uh still in a similar vein to the schools um so you know we talked about here uh, a little bit anyway, not in too much deep, uh, detail, sorry. Um, Phil Ramore stepped down recently as head of the, uh, the president, I should say, of the Buffalo Teachers Federation. Um, there is now a, there's two candidates who are vying to replace him. Um, or now it's down to two. There's going to be a runoff election between two candidates. Uh, Rich Nigro and Mark Bruno uh, will be, uh, will be facing off an election uh, following We'll be facing off in a runoff election to determine the next president of the Buffalo Te- uh, Buffalo Teachers Federation. Um, whoever it is, is going to have obviously big, big shoes to fill. Um, you know, Philip or Moore's tenure for fucking ever. It felt like mm-hmm. as the Buffalo Teachers Federation president, um, and it's important. I mean, again, we're talking about the school board elections, uh, but also to you know teachers and schools have been kind of under siege here in Western New York and Buffalo nationally um so you know remore often caught a lot of flack in the public eye here in buffalo um he knew how to work the press i think but he also caught a lot of shit in newspapers i think either um you know nigro or bruno whoever ends up filling that position i don't know either i don't know much about either of them i you know as long as larry quinn hates both of them i'll be happy with either of them sure sure yeah i don't i don't know you know i think um I'm reading the Buffalo News article on this, but uh, I think uh, one of them is a more, Nigro is the more grassroots uh, candidate, is my understanding, but, I, you know, I'm not a teacher. I'm not privy yeah. to what they're doing there, but either way, whoever is um, going to be best for the teachers and best for the schools and uh, really stand up for the kids and the schools, you know, more power to them. Mm-hmm. Um, not a ton this week. We're going to be we'll get back more into the, the council races soon. I know all your people are salivating, like what's happening with the races, what's going on. Mm -hmm. Tell us about the races. Well, the truth is we know who's on the ballot. We've talked about that at length. We've got the financials coming up shortly, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Financials are due this week. uh, So they'll give me a time to to break in and get into them and and go through them. There are a lot of candidates. Uh, We've talked about some of them, but like, there's some council districts that like, we've kind of like not talked about, like Lovejoy and Fillmore. There's primaries, and so you know, getting into that as well. Yeah, we'll get into it because again, there's nothing really to you know. We hear whisperings, we hear things from campaigns, we hear stuff from people on the ground. Um, but as we move closer to the primaries, I mean, one, we'll obviously have the financial information, and two, I think the campaigns will uh, coalesce, and we'll see who, you know, who is the real deal. Yeah, what I mean. The other thing, like I keep harping on, is that you know, common council elections aren't—they're not congressional elections. You don't have infinite money. They're not even state assembly races where you have a couple hundred thousand dollars or more, uh, depending on like at, at the low end for a state assembly race. Um, you know, these are races that are going to be run on like twenty to thirty thousand dollars. You know, and mail's expensive. You know, radio commercials are expensive. TV is beyond probably what any of these campaigns can afford. Um, so like. There's a reason why nothing's come out yet, and that's because if they they don't want to do all their mail now, and then the last two weeks not be able to afford to do anything. 
So yeah, I mean, and we would pay attention to this stuff anyway, just because you know that's what we do here, right? Um, but I think obviously, you know, a candidate like uh, the profile of Indy Walton or the you know filling the vacancy in the Ellicott district are you know more higher profile mm-hmm. for council races than we usually see. Um, so there might be a little bit of an expectation more of like uh, a little bit more focus on them, but there's just not much to talk about really mm-hmm. until we get much closer to the elections, but we will, we will focus on the financials. We promise you that um, as we come to it and more focus on the race as time comes. Uh, but as we wind down this week, Jim, um, we did not uh, record last week, uh, but just want to um, touch upon the, you know, it's been one year since the tops massacre, the Jefferson street tops mm-hmm. uh, massacre. Not much to say, in terms of, I mean, I, I, you know, the city, the community, Western New York, I mean, it, the ways that will impact us and will continue to impact us, I don't even think we'll see in a year. Mm-hmm. Um, it might not even be five years, you know, 10 years down the line. Maybe we talk about what, if anything, you know, we, our community felt and experienced because it's still so raw. Mm-hmm. It's actually like, I, I almost have a weird bit of PTSD to think that like somebody came into our city and committed a terrorist act. You know, like, like it's just so, even a year out, I, I still can't wrap my head around it, that it's something that happened here in our community. Um, just kind of like a raw nerve still. But, um, you know, we, we do remember uh, the, the people who lost their lives, um, the families that mm-hmm. will never get, you know, their loved ones back. And, and even just the people who live in our community who have to, again, deal with that psychic damage of, mm-hmm. you know, somebody came here to target people like me because they're black Mm -hmm. because you know, they're in in a low income neighborhood. So, um, again, we will, we'll never forget them. And, um, you know, we hope ultimately for peace for family and, uh, friends and, and their communities. So I think that's it for this week guys. Yeah, I think so.